Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. We've got a really full-packed show in terms of the number of participants we have with us in no particular order. We're talking about the SA Women's Hockey Team, who are, of course, about to embark on qualification for the Olympics. Charles Bonnet, the head coach, is with us. We've also got the two co-captains, Quinita Bobs, as well as, as I go through my list, Taryn McCready, the manager of the team, Erin Christie, one of the co-captains, and Lynn Abramson, the manager. It's on it last Thursday, um, so we've almost seven days in the camp, and um, we haven't been together for a while, so this is great to be together. This is uh, good for us to build up to Afghan. So tell us a bit about the tournament that you guys are going to. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a qualifier for Paris, so it's uh, vitally important uh, for us. Um, there's only one shot at it, win it at all, and uh, there's no second place for a uh, women's team out of Africa. Uh, so uh, if you come second, you don't get that uh, for us. It's uh, important that we connect you and get through and, and make I, the I Paris have to ask this question early on in the interview, guys. Quality fire but does that guarantee that you're going to go is there funds are you being looked after to make sure that you can actually go to paris well paris is actually sponsored by sascock so in terms of the olympics yes there are funds for paris so if we qualify we will be in paris i think that's safe to say um the preparation to paris that's a different story in terms of what we do on that road and that journey but uh we qualify at the end of of uh, October, early the 5th of November, yes, we will be in Paris and Sascock will support well, us. That'll be fantastic. Let's talk to one or two of the players. Quinita, one of the co-captains, how's training been going for you? Um, training's good. I know I'm always so happy uh, to get stick and ball time with the team. Um, it's it's tough, don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's I'm so happy to be uh, training with the team and yeah, we're trying to improve um, every day and we know the importance of, of time together. So, yeah, it's just really good to finally train together. Erin, talk us through the, the co-captaincy role that you play. Yeah, so it's great to be co-captains with Juanita, especially. Um, Bob and I go way back. We've been playing hockey together for many years, been in many different teams together. So we definitely know one another and, and can lean on one another. But it's nice to be able to share that responsibility, you know, being a human being. It's not always easy to stay positive all the time and to to lead from the front all the time. So it's nice in moments where where my motivation may drift to to hand over the baton to Juanita and uh, to look to each other and and to share that responsibility and to make sure that together we're, we are able to pull the team in the right direction. This is actually our first interview as together as co-captains. Oh, well, there so, you go. Well, that's nice to know. So first for both of you, and honestly, a first for me to have so many people on, on this podcast at one time. Taryn McCready, the one, again, co-manager. Are you co-manager? I, I, I'm not too sure that there's always two managers and two captains. Are the girls so difficult to look after? <laughs> no, not at all. The girls are, the girls are fantastic. Um, I think, obviously, being almost an amateur sport, um, even for the managers, it's a, it's a lot of time that we have to dedicate towards the cause. And um, it's nice having a co-manager that we can actually share the load. Um, Giles drives a hard program, which is fantastic. The girls get to travel a lot. But unfortunately, we all do have um, other careers that we need to be in the office in certain times. So having Lynn and myself 
carry that load and being able to share tournaments is fantastic. It's a, it's a great opportunity. And uh, that way we can still also still uh, align ourselves to the cause, even though we have to keep our day jobs. Let's bring you in here. Um, describe to us what the role of a manager is in a hockey team like the, the South African team, where, as we've already heard, it's not fully professional. It must be very difficult. It is quite difficult. The biggest challenge is obviously logistics, making sure that that players can get into camp um, or onto a plane and into another country. Um, it's managing all the, the issues around travel. Um, it's managing all the issues around kit um, and making sure that we that we all look uniform. Um, and then it's also doing yeah lots of other logistical things like liaising sometimes with people's employers. Uh, with universities where people need time off from from studies or from school in in some instances within our squad and liaising as well with uh, media opponents and like Taryn said because we are co-managers I think we've got to a point where we are able to balance um, the duties that we have um, and and we've sort of aligned it with each other's strengths so, you know, Taryn is very good with graphics and media stuff. So, so that's her forte and she manages that. Um, and then, of course, there's also managing the rest of the staff because they also, it's not just the players who need management. Sometimes the coaches also need a uh, kept in line. Um, and so that's part of our job as well. Um, and, of course, liaising with, with all the international federations. And if we have tournaments with all the LOCs, um, and making sure that all the, the paperwork, it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of emails um, and, and manning uh, emails sort of um, very much outside of business hours. Because it's a high-performance sport, um, you are often required to make sure that you can respond um, over weekends or as soon as you have an opportunity to do so. And then, of course, balancing that with our with our day jobs does, does bring a challenge sometimes, but... Yeah, we love it. That's why we Absolutely. Here. Giles, let's go back to you. Um, almost full circle because you took the girls uh, to the top 10 in the world rankings 2010 to 2014, and you're now back with them. How much has changed? Of course, players have changed, but the way the game is being played and how much have we improved in the last 10 years? It's quite a complicated question that um, the things don't stay the same. I'll just give you some examples. I mean, uh, we played against, in those days, we played against Belgium and we beat them pretty convincingly. And there were a couple of players playing <laughs> uh, with me then um, that are still here today, um, which is great. Um, and there are a lot of new faces. So you see that different associations in different countries have enhanced their programs in this period. So the, the, the countries that have become more professional, and Belgium is one of them. So Belgium, who toyed around, you know, around 12th in the world to sort of 11th, 10th, maybe at the, at the best, and that was a game that we could bank a win, are now fourth in the world at the medal in Paris. They train four times a week. They are government-funded um, and probably the only team that can really threaten Holland in the next 12 months. Um, so it's a changing it's a, it's a changing ballpark in terms of the international arena. Different teams like Argentina, who were a threat um, eight years ago, are perhaps waning slightly. Different building period. We are identifying, looking at established players that can really make a difference. Uh, play- Aaron, like Iquanita, who have played a lot of field and a, a, a nine and a ten out of 
team game to them over the next 10, 12 months and want to build a team that we think could compete in world hockey in a very short space of time. So, you know, that's 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 very ambitious. So we have a, a massively ambitious um, aim and, um, and we're doing that on um, a shoestring budget and, and uh, you know, uh, with a lot of commitment from the players and, um, and a lot of investment uh, from the players. And uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the time we're getting it right, a lot of the time we don't get it right. So we've missed a few tours in terms of that would have helped us. We've missed uh, a trip to Spain, a trip to the USA and Argentina. You know, we could sit down and uh, pack it up, but we've looked at a different strategy of how we could work it um, and we are working through clinics to create our own funding so that we can be here together in a camp so you know all credit to the players all credit to the managers in terms of you know thinking outside the box to make this happen so we don't want to just participate in the olympics our aim is to be as good as we can be and to take south africa and make the country proud but also you know, compete on the international arena because we think that we have the ability to do that. But to do that, we need to create the environment. So, yeah, we set a tough challenge for ourselves and um, and we will see if we can uh, put that in place. Quinta, the tough challenge comes obviously in the qualifiers. Tell us a little bit about the teams that you're going to be playing and who you expect to be the most difficult op- opponents at the qualifiers. Yeah, so um, for many years, the South African women's hockey team has won the African qualifying tournament, which is good for us to know that we are going in there um, as the favorites. Um, but obviously, being the favorites, there is a lot of pressure. Um, it's it's definitely our tournament to lose. Um, but yeah, our, our toughest competition over the past couple of years has always been Ghana. Um, and I think going into to any African qualifying hockey tournaments, it's it's always difficult to know what to expect. You know, African hockey at, at these tournaments is unconventional. Um, and so, you know, the, there's players with, with a lot of speed, a lot of go forward, um, different technical skills, which we, which we don't often get exposed to. Um, so for us, it, it's often a challenge to go there and, and face the opposition. Um, we know that our biggest, our biggest opposition will be, will be, um, it's a team that we've played many times before. We've been in a final many times before. And, and fortunately for us, we've, we've managed to, to win this final. So we, we are in the final. But obviously, um, as I said, going into an African qualifying tournament, there's, there's lots of unexpected, uh, things to, to worry about. So I think that they will be our toughest competition. Um, but who knows? Um, there, there's a lot still uh, for us to discover and, and hence why we are here at this training camp at the moment trying to prepare ourselves. Um, our focus will be on ourselves and what we can do, not necessarily on the other teams. Um, but for us, uh, we definitely go in there to, to win that, that gold and uh, to stamp our authority as the best team in Africa. Erin, when we look at the facilities at Tux University, we know they're absolutely fantastic. But I also guess that the fact that we're playing it at altitude might give us a slight advantage. Look, you know, you say that, but actually we, a bunch of players are from around South Africa. So it's not that everyone is, is based, is based up there at that high altitude. But, um, you know, we, we have got a, a structured fitness regime, um, under the expertise of Dr. Wayne Lombard, who, who has put a lot of time and effort into making sure that we are physically prepared. And, and I do believe that we, 
will most likely be the best physically prepared team at that tournament. So the other teams are struggling with with the altitude. Um, I'm hoping that the South African women's hockey team, regardless of where we're from in South Africa, will will not struggle and, and will be able to physically prove um, that we are the best team there. When we look at getting the girls together with regards to their jobs, etc., Taryn, I mean, that must be a difficult task. Uh, as much as you want them to be together for as long as possible, it can't always happen. Yes, I think uh, a lot of the girls are, are professionals uh, or students, so there's a lot of arrangements when it comes to applying for leave. I think the players obviously take on a, on a huge task of having to juggle both. Um, at the same time, um, a lot of girls have to miss exams or write tests at a later stage, and it, it does take a toll on uh, on them. They are dedicated to the course, um, they make a plan to be there, and they at least try maximize this. And I think a lot of them have had the tough conversation with work to give them the time off. So, um, yeah, it does take a bit of a balancing act, and we have people flying in at different times, but it just shows the commitment that the team has to this road to Paris. So, um it's definitely a challenge that they're taking head then on. it must be a logistical nightmare, having just listened to what uh, Taryn said. Um, I'll be diplomatic and say that we have to always come up with creative ways uh, to ensure that we meet everybody's needs. Yeah, a, a good example, I think, is the other day I had to invigilate an exam for one of the university students. Um, they wrote an exam while we were here. Um, so I think the and actually is with a with a lecturer as well. But I think the key is communication. I think that's one of the one of the grounding sort of values of the team is to be open and to have good communication. And so when the when we communicate and when the players communicate effectively, we can then put plans in place to ensure that everybody can come in and be uh, um and and like Taryn said, maximize the time that they have here. Um, and yeah, the logistics is, is fortunately not their problem. It's my problem. <laughs> so um, we managed to sort it out as best we can. Um, we are trying to run as best we can a high-performance program. And that's just part and parcel of high-performance sport. Fly in, people fly out, people uh, concessions. We have to take time out of camp, for example, for, for uh, to do media work like this as well. So um, we just make sure that we have a, a schedule um, and we work within and around it. Um, and we communicate effectively with everybody um, with, with Charles being sort of a spearheading that and making sure that everybody knows what's going Charles, on. Charles, the game has changed dramatically since you played and, and coached. And it's now a hell of a lot faster and much quicker. Um, do you find that the players are adjusting easily to the new format of the game? Yeah, I think so. I think that... Um... You know, most of the players now, I think that we have in our group um, are very much up to speed with the modern game, uh, particularly the aerial skills uh, and the speed of the game. If we look at the, the players that we have in our group now, it's a quite a different group to what we had uh, in April last year. So that's uh, very recently in terms of um, quite a change in the group. Um, we have athletes, players that uh, have great speed. Um, and I think to play the game, you have to have speed. And uh, sitting in our group, we, we have that, and we have a lot of players with a, with a lot of technical skills. Um, so I think for for us, it's a very exciting period. It's just um, we need to go out and play games, um, and that's the missing link for us uh, to spend time on task and to play as many matches as we can between now and Paris effectively. Um, and those are the few things that we need to try. How to do you place. get the climate change? 
sorted out because, I mean, you're going to go to Paris and we've seen uh, with the Rugby World Cup that's currently on, the temperatures are ridiculously hot compared to the colder temperatures that we have here in South Africa. Is it difficult for the girls to adjust? Well, if um, we need to go by Cape Town at the moment, it's uh, freezing weather. So, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, we want, and, uh, it is, it's going to be it's, uh, the time. I mean, it's uh, July the 25th, I think. So, it's, um, I think it's going to be really warm. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll need to adjust and we'll need to look at where we train and, and what sort of um, uh, conditions. I'm just looking at AFCON at the moment. We will play the semi-final game. Round about eleven o'clock in the morning, and we will play the final um, at about quarter to six in the evening. So that will be under lights. So you know the one will be very hot in Pretoria at the moment, and eleven o'clock. So we get our trainings for that time period. So all our trainings will be around about midday, trying to simulate that. And I think we will be looking to see if we can simulate similar conditions, the humid conditions that we've seen in France at the moment. Uh, the weather conditions seem to. Have Change slightly in Europe. It seems to be a little bit later that the, it's, it's getting warmer. So we can expect, I think, very humid weather in Paris. Kunita, there's obviously a lot of uh, pressure on your shoulders being representing your country, especially after the success that our ladies have had on the cricket fields and so on. But it must be a wonderful feeling to know that the South African support for our national teams now is right up there and we all get behind all of our teams that play. Yeah, 100%. I think being a woman in sport at the moment is quite trendy and I, I think we would want to inspire the nation as well. And, you know, hockey, so I'm so glad that we get to have a, a home Afghan and and um, hopefully get some support from the hockey community. Um, yeah, it's just, I think, a, a, an exciting time um, to be a South African, first of all, coming off the performance. Banyana and the, the Proteus Nepal team. And yeah, we're just looking to ride the wave and continuing to, you know, we want to inspire the nation as well. And I think the girls know that. And that's part of our values as, as a team. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Banyana, Banyana, the netball, the cricket. And now you girls have got to sort of towards the end amongst a, a Rugby World Cup and a Cricket World Cup coming up. You've got to fly the South African flag high. Thank you, everybody, for taking time out from your training sessions to have a chat to us on today's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. We will definitely be following you guys as you progress through the African zones into the Olympics in Paris. That's tonight's show. As always, be nice to each other. Until next time, bye for now.